What up? <clears throat> and welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 203. On this episode, I'm joined by Koopy. We talk about the Patreon, merch shop, books, TV shows we've watched, some movies about Ghost of Tsushima, basically books, TV shows, video games, and then a bunch of random shit between. Thanks for checking us out. Podcast with Mo. What up? And we are joined by Koopy. Hello. Another month has come and gone. And it went by so fast. <laughs> it did. It went by faster than most. Uh, I don't know if this is just our world now because we lived through a a mini quarantine. Uh, you get to stay home every day. That now everything else is gonna just be like, ah. I really should have enjoyed those days while I had. I mean, I did enjoy those days, but I did. You were stressed the whole time, though. Still, right? Like there was still just so much of the world going on that it was hard to relax. I wish I would have just kind of unplugged a bit more and really just done my own thing instead of worried about the world. <laughs> right. But well, yeah, it's going by fast and. Um, I'm really looking forward to a future fall break. Yeah. Uh, um, about a week from the time this episode comes out, we get a fall break, and that's awesome. I didn't even know about it till last week, or I'd forgotten about it, I guess. And I was just like, oh, yes, this is awesome. This is cool. Yeah, so that'll be nice, although I'll probably still work from home. It'll still just be my own time. But right. anyway. And the fall weather. I have really enjoyed the seasons changing. We've got a bit of a cool front. So that's nice. Yeah, I love it. Well, I'll take the dog somewhere uh, later today again. Uh, but now she's expectant because she's smart and she knew I wouldn't take her on hot days. Um, but yeah, so fall is here. Uh, hence October. we're in, o- in October. Yeah. yeah. Um, but apparently we have a warm front next week. Then it's back to the 80s. So we're going to see. Well, I want to get some pumpkins, but I know they'll split if it gets too warm. So I have to. Gosh, Oklahoma. It's hard to. Yeah, it changes very quickly. <laughs> and soon enough, it'll be super cold. Yeah, everything will freeze. And then it'll be like, I can't go outside. It's too cold. So, like, you got to kind of enjoy this moment of, like, well, okay, this isn't bad. This is good. So, um, anyway, when you're here, uh, well, I guess I need to talk about my uh, websites first. Patreon.com slash podcast. You can go there and give uh, any amount of money to get early access to the podcast. If you give enough, like my mother, Hurricane Haynes, Pow Wow, or Marshall, the Dharma, Anisha Bear. I guess it should have been Ann. Um, and you can be a co-producer and get a shout out like that. They're the whole reason this thing keeps on going. So be appreciative to them. Thanks for your support. And uh, yeah, anyway, you get early access to the podcast. Some people think that's cool. Most people don't uh, take advantage at all. Because they just want to, you know, live in the moment. You know, life's busy, like we said. Yeah, this is true. And then we also have a merch shop at uh, shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast. If you want a cool uh, podcast shirt, think about it. Check it out. Yeah. I get a little money, but not much. But it's more about I want y'all to wear around uh, cool advertising for the podcast. That is the the goal there. Um, all right. So when you're here, Koopy, when I was getting into earlier, we talk about books and TV shows, more or less. Yeah. Because that's uh, you like books and we watch TV shows. And uh, so what books did you read this month? It looks like a real short stack over there. Well, I left two of them at work. So I only uh, have two here today, but I read a total of four books in September. So this is for September. Right. 
Um, but the first book I read was White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo. This one has been very popular uh, this summer in the wake of George Floyd's death and the Black Lives Matter movement really picking up attention. So did this book, but it's actually been out since 2018. Fun fact. Um, but White Fragility is about, uh, it's a nonfiction book and its subtitle is Why It Is So Hard for White People to Talk About Racism. And that's pretty much what it's about. Why people tend to, it's really more for white progressives. So people who already consider themselves anti-racist, but then still get defensive or argumentative when confronted with their own prejudice and race. Because we all still have it. Right. Um, and it's, so it's really more for people who think that they are doing good but are still causing harm. And so this book is really good for – I wouldn't say it's a starting point for someone who is interested. I think that other book I read a couple – like I don't remember last month, I think, why um, – so you want to talk about race, that would probably be a good starting point. Right. Uh, but this book is definitely um, a good good book. It's eye-opening. Robin D'Angelo is a white woman, and so she is talking to a white audience. So, yeah, that was the first book I read. It was um, short, so I did read it relatively quickly with the help of an audio book. Right. So... Well, right on. I'm glad you're getting educated on all that. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm like, sure I get defensive sometimes about racism stuff. I, I, I think you have to. I mean, if I, I don't know if it gets into it, but it should get into just tribalism because, like, racism is tribalism, and that's been existed through all of human history. And it just you're going – if there's any sort of fear that, like, someone that looks different than me can take away opportunities of someone that looks like me, like, that is just built into human DNA. And I do think, like, just knowing that helps – I think that's going to – that is not necessarily touched on in this. This is more about, like, just how to have conversations Uh without getting so defensive or, like, telling people that they are wrong even though you don't know their experiences and things like that. Right. Um, But I do have a book coming up called How to Be an Anti-Racist, and I think it might go more into some of the sociology of it. Oh, real quick to take a break into our books. We finally got a lamp in the living room, so I've been like, oh, once we get a lamp, I'll read some books. So maybe that'll happen. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, Joe Rogan's always saying some random books, and I'm like, that sounds awesome. But, you know, I never write them down or anything, so I probably shouldn't. But one of them is about this whole tribalism concept. One of the books he's always talking about, and I'm like, sounds fascinating. Written by people way smarter than me. So. Well, the second book I read was a graphic novel, and so this one was a quick read. So yeah, it looks cool. Um, it's all it's a comic book, I guess. I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, you can. Look it's a long ass comic book. Um, it's called Witchy, and I can't remember the author's name. Since you're holding it, you can say it. Uh, Ariel Slamayrees is how I would pronounce that. Yeah, I knew her. I think her. Yeah, I think she wrote and illustrated the book. Um, and it's a magical story of this girl who is born into a world where like your magic is reflected by the length of your hair, but your hair can get too long. And her father was murdered because he, I guess he was too powerful would be my guess. And so she is determined to not become a warrior. She just wants to like go and study 
magic and stuff. Um, she is pretty good at charms, but she is very powerful because her father was powerful. And so she ends up um, in this academy where she has to train to become a warrior, which isn't what she wanted to do. And so it's just kind of like her coming to terms with her own ability. Um, it's kind of, you know, about how society is corrupt and that, you know, there's always evil who, you know, her father wasn't dangerous. You know, he was just better than the person who was in charge sort of thing. So it was a really nice, um, break. I haven't read a graphic novel in a year. I think, I mean, I like, uh, the art's pretty simple. It's not too crazy. One thing that turns me off about like comic books and granted, I haven't really given them a, a go in a while, but they're so crazy these days. Like the art, so stylized and like even the, the panels will be like in weird orders. And I'm like, wait, which order? That's kind of how that, supposed to be reading this. in. you remember when I read on a sunbeam last year and it was the one with the spaceships that looked yeah. like fish. It was very artsy like that. Right. And it's like, that's cool. But I also, from like a story perspective, I'm like, I don't quite get it. Whereas this is, yeah, it's much more. This is just like a cartoon kind of. But it's beautiful. Um, I thought the story had some really good messages. You know, the characters are diverse, which is important for young audience. Um, so, again, that's probably for a, I don't know, young adult crowd. But I liked it. It was good. Well, cool. And so the other two books I don't have here with me to hold and show off, which is kind of weird. <laughs> but I will show you a picture. I mean, it's not weird to listeners. Right, I guess that's true. But for you, normally I let you judge a book by its cover. It's true. So the next book I read was called The Poet X by Elizabeth Ace Vito. And it was a book of poetry. Cool. And the story is um, about a young girl. She lives in Harlem. She's part Dominican, part black. And she loves to write poetry. And um, she's her mother is very, very religious. And she's not anything like that. And she just kind of wants to just be a normal young teenager. But her mom wants her to spend all of her time at church and in these communion classes. Um, but she, or confirmation classes. And so she ultimately ends up skipping those confirmation classes. And she goes and writes slam poetry at a poetry club. And it's just kind of her coming of age story, you know, first boyfriend, first heartbreak, um, what it's like to just be her in her school. It was really well written. It was beautiful. I cried. I really liked it. It has a bunch of awards. Um, but yeah, Ziamora is the poet, is the girl's name. So the poet X, Ziamora. Um, I highly recommend it if you like poetry. Again, it had been a long time since so I've read is any it poetry. Just poetry, or is it also a story? It's a story, but it's written in poetry form. Oh, okay. So it's like, I don't know, 300 something poems, but all strung together, they tell a story. So, yeah, definitely, I would say it was a quick read because of that, because it, you know, the poems, some of them are really short, but, um, if you're not used to a creative format, it could be frustrating. But it it clearly tells a story and her it's like it's written in slam poetry style. So it's not like fancy sonnets and stuff. It's very conversational. Right. 
Well, hell yeah. Yeah, it was really good. And I, it's I, mean, one, I remember you liking it a lot when you were reading. Yeah, I really liked it. it. It's one that had been around for a few years, and it, I'm ashamed at how long it took me to pick it up. But I am currently doing a novel study at work with the house on Mango Street. And in preparation for that unit, I discovered that Elizabeth Ace Vito was heavily influenced by Sandra Cisneros's book, House on Mango Street. So it seemed like a good time to read it because I was already in that mindset with Mango Street and it just worked really well together. So I did find it fun, like finding the similarities between the two and things like that. Well, cool. Yeah. So that's me being totally nerdy with my Yeah, word nerd. (laughs) With my books. Um, And then the last book I read was called The Wicked Deep by... Shay Earnshaw, here's a picture for you. And it's a witchy story. Um, It's set, I don't know, Oregon, I want to say. And the main character, their family, it's like the town has been haunted for generations. Um, They executed these three sisters the swan sisters because they were believed to be witches who were luring men to their death every year or something like that so they execute these witches um and then every year since then the town has been haunted um the swan season as they call it is in the summer months um when three girls are possessed and they kill three boys and so it's a story of trying to figure out who these three girls are so they can protect keep them from killing the three boys and hopefully break the curse is kind of the story. Um, it's like that could be converted to a video game pretty easily. Like a cool one. It was very atmospheric. I really enjoyed like the setting and all of the, the mood and the tone and stuff. But the plot line was a little juvenile for me. I mean, they're definitely in high school. There's high school parties. There's drinking. There's, you know, first kisses and stuff like that so if you are a young person that would probably be very exciting for you but for me it was kind of like man i just want to get back to the witches and stuff so because that's way more mature yeah (laughs) (laughs) i like historical fiction so i would have liked to have seen more about what happened like back in the day as opposed to it being set so much in the contemporary time so i don't know but it it was it was fun. It was a quick read. It was a good one to go into for October. Right. Um, so yeah, makes sense. I mean, it works out for your recommendation now if people yeah. are listening. Yeah, and I have read other books by uh, Shay Earnshaw, and I liked Winterwood. So that's another witchy story that she has written. Um, it's also very atmospheric. That seems to be her thing: is creating a nice setting. Anyway, those were the four books I read. I think at this point I have completed 47 of 65, so I'm really behind. Yeah, you're really going to pick it up. All right. Goodreads says I'm only one book behind, but I don't think that's accurate. Well, yeah. I mean, I show you get busy here at the end of the year also as well. So I will confess for October I have bought several audiobooks, and so I'm going to try to use those to help me meet my goal well whatever you need to do it's not reading and it's cheating but we'll count it here you know that's one of the biggest things on debate in the book community um some people say of course it's 
I mean, because you have to consider there are some people who don't have eyesight. Right. And so for them to hear you say that consuming an audiobook isn't reading, it could be hurtful or offensive. So you have to be careful about things but it's, like that. It's not. I mean, like words have definitions. So people, that's just what the problem with the world is. They all get but offended. You hear the word as just as well as you see the word. Yeah, right, but it's called listen. You listen to a book that is different than reading a book. But like, you still consumed the book. Sure. I didn't say you didn't. I just said it's not reading. So for your reading goal, it's cheating. I just, <laughs> I think people like, uh, I mean, I think like a big thing, and I don't know all the details of uh, the Harry Potter author. That's what I'm going to call her because everyone JK hates her so Rowling. much. And, uh, you know, but the very first things I read, I was like, she seems to be getting hung up on death. Like, well, literally this word means this. And I kind of understood her point. But see, and I haven't checked in on this in a long time. But people act like she is saying some like way crazy shit. And I'm like, are we still talking about the original comments or has she said more, more crazy stuff? I haven't stuff? kept up with it, but she has been saying some more crazy stuff. Okay. I wish you would have asked me to look into it before we got on here. Oh, you're good. Um, I would, it just kind of organically popped up with the... But yeah, I think she is just saying all kinds of... Because originally I took it as she, her being like, you can be a trans woman, but oh, someone that's a woman that was born with a vagina can also be proud of that. I thought that was more or less her point originally, but it seems like it's devolved into uh like people want to boycott this Harry Potter video game. It'll be our bonding moment next year because of this shit. She I said just on Twitter. bought the illustrated Harry Potters. I am not nixing Harry Potter from my life. That's yeah, yeah. just impossible <laughs> for me. Um, I do think cancel culture is justified with J.K. Rowling because she has been warned many, many, many times that she is personally offending her fan base and she just doesn't care. And so if they want to cancel her, I think they have every right to. Right. I think if it offends you, you do have every right to not. I mean, you got to speak with your wallet. I mean, that's. But for me personally, I mean, I, I don't buy a lot of official merch or anything like that. All of So I did buy the illustrated books. But they are something I have wanted for years. Right. Um, so I'm excited to reread them through the illustrated editions. But I, I just Googled her and I don't see anything that's like brand spanking new. Just that she. Um, yeah, the only re- way reason I've heard of her recently is because I listen to video game podcasts and they were talking about the Harry Potter video game. And now people are wanting to boycott that game over it. And so the studio has to come out and say that J.K. Rowling had no involvement, but then people think that's a lie because she's very hands-on with her stories. And so, I don't know. The acronym they she has acquired is a TERF, which I'm not exactly sure. I think it's a transphobic, I'm not sure what the E stands for, radical feminist. I see. So she's so pro-feminist that she's... Yeah, like uh, anti-transgender. I see. I mean, honestly, and I remember saying this on this podcast when it first happened, I un- I don't understand as in like, I think they're right. I just understand the mindset of a woman who is so feminist. It's like, oh, and now men want to come in here. And now they're getting like, I, th- I get how if like your whole life you've been like anti-man or whatever, if you were like that type of radical feminist. The, and then all of a sudden you see a transgender person, you can only see it as like, oh, you were a man. It's just interesting because in her mind. main character is a boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's because from what under what is getting thrown out now is that she stole Harry Potter from that. What's that Netflix witch show? The little the worst witch. The worst witch. Apparently, there people are now claiming she stole the worst witch and just made it a boy and then a little 
teenaged it up and then it's not original at all. Now that's her big thing. Now the like, worst witch has been around for a while, but Mildred Hubble is just really bad at being witchy. So Harry Potter's like a savant. Like he has no training, but yet he's wonderful. So there are some differences, right. but it is set in like a witch academy. But I guess maybe their looks are supposed to be similar as well with the glasses. And I don't know. People were all hating on the internet. You know, it might be a different witch show, but yeah, the worst witch is cute. Um, and it well, they were talking about the book. Se- the book series, yeah, is um a children's book series for much younger readers. I see. Um, all right, so. That's all of your books, right? We didn't. Yeah, that's any? it. I have some. I've already started one for October, um, so we'll just see how far I get. But like I said, I am going to use the help of audiobooks, but not all of them because I do have a graphic novel, um, and a couple of them I just couldn't find on gra- on audiobook or afford it. So I right. am still going to read a few, but I am going to use the help of an audiobook. Well, cool. Um, last night I beat Ghost of Shishima, so I yeah. feel like I bring that up because I talk about that when you're on here normally. Um, I liked the game a lot at first, did not enjoy it by the end. Uh, I, I noticed something about myself through this PlayStation 4 generation. You know, I always say Skyrim's like in my top five favorite games, you know, and that or Oblivion, one of the two, um, which are the same type of game because they're so large and I could just play it for like months and months and months and there was still stuff to do, but I wanted to play it, you know, like. It was more than just they gave me stuff to do. I also like was like, what else is there to do? Let me play. Th-. Whereas in, I noticed with Red Dead Redemption, Death Stranding, and now Ghost of Tsushima, all of those games, I would start off with like, oh, this is cool. This is pretty cool. And then by the middle part, I'm like, I, do, I just don't care. Like, this is all filler. The whole thing is filler. And then at the end, I'm like, oh, it's getting a little better again. That's how I felt about all three of those games. And then Ghost of Tsushima specifically the story just sucks like it's just not not gripping it's there's nothing about any of the side quests to me or any of it that's like i wonder what happens there it's all like i'm just checkboxing stuff off but the setting of the island is like the coolest shit of any video game yeah it's like, beautiful right like the graphics not graphics isn't like the fidelity of it but like the the design the right the diversity of vegetation on this one island of all these different colors and it's all and the whole Asian thing and the haiku spots and like it looks really fucking cool. Um, and the fighting is good. I mean, I don't know how to. Ex- I'm like, I would say yes, the fighting is good. But there's a middle part where I was just over it. But by the end, I got like where I was so good at it that it was really easy. So um, I don't know. I-, I have mixed feelings on the combat, I guess. But I made a quick top fifteen video PS4 video game list this morning. Because I was trying to figure out in a couple weeks, I'm having someone call in and we're doing a uh, top PS4 video games. And Ghost of Tsushima is not in my top 15 video. So, I mean, like... You were really looking forward to it, too. I know. So, that's kind of a bummer. I mean, there's a few games like that that I've looked forward to that that weren't. I mean, all three of the games I mentioned a second ago were also not in my top 15. I've just come to realize that I need a game... Or, I don't need... Uh, God of War I thought was awesome, but it was because I didn't really play action games a lot, and it was the first action game. I was like, oh, man, this thing feels really, really fun. Um, but, like, Detroit Become Human, which is, like, a weird you-make-choices game, and it's like, make choices during these story paths. And I was like, to me, that was so much more, like, gripping and, like, ooh, I wonder what's going to happen than, like, let's go shoot some people in this other video game. Like, I just realized my tastes have 
have changed. Yeah, you want more of a plot and less of a free range. Right. And I even enjoy like things like you custom. Like I still think about playing Stardew Valley all the time because I'm like, and I can make a farm and then I'll make my little guy. <laughs> like there's something about the like the building or making of something in a game as opposed to like destroying stuff that also these days I'm like kind of right. leaning into. Like I remember when you were playing Fallout Shelter, like you really loved, is that on your list? Well, I, I think of more of it as a phone game, but it did come out on PS4. I say I remember you playing it on PS4, but it kept crashing or something. Yeah, well, eventually I hated that game because I missed one trophy, um, and I'd have to completely uninstall the game and reinstall it and start a new game and do all this shit just for one trophy. And Sorry, then there was mad. a whole other game that was like Fallout Shelter, but it was nothing like Fallout Shelter, but it was like you built a compound. Oh, there was a game dev. Uh, it was like a game. robot world. No. Oh. I remember. Robot world? Yeah, and it was like you would come across these machines and you would have to like either fight them or save oh, them. Near Automata or Automata? Maybe. And then did you build a compound? No. I remember you. There's a game you played. Fallout you- 4, you built stuff. Maybe that's it. Yeah. I don't know. I love Fallout 4. Are there machines in that game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's like mech robot suits and stuff like that. I think there's probably robots in there, if I remember correctly. But I platinumed it, so I played that game a lot. And I just, I think part of what you enjoyed about that was building your own. Yeah, you got to make your cool homestead. Yeah. How did that take you so long to connect what I was talking about? Well, because you kept saying robots, and the number two game on my list is Near Automata, which is a game about robots. <laughs> so I just kept thinking of that game, and then, uh, and I remember that one too. That has like a girl as the main character, right? Yeah, yeah, that game was cool too. It was had a pretty s- setting. That game, and that that one just so on my list because I I expected so little out of it. I didn't think it was going to be good at all. And I played and I was like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" Yeah, I remember and, you really liking it. And so, and the story was just Japanese enough to be like weird and eccentric, but then also like normal enough that I was like, okay, this makes sense. Where some Japanese games are like, fucking, I don't ever get what the story's about. And it's like, because at the end, they're like, because it's all about honor and hope. And I'm like, what? That's your motivation? What kind of shit is this? So it just, uh, <laughs> there's some cultural differences. Um, all right. And then we also talk about, uh, Video game stuff. Oh, I guess, or TV show stuff. But I was saying on video game stuff, uh, I do have a PS5 pre-ordered. So eventually, that'll be my big excitement. And I will get the Harry Potter game, and that will be my big excitement. Yeah, if we, like, if it's uh, make your own character. It'll be so fun. We're going to make Megan Koopy on the game. Yeah. You know, we're not going to make it me. It'll make, we'll make the character you if you wanted me to play it, you know, unless you're wanting to play I'm it. I'm wanting to play it. I want to see. Well, I'm going to have to figure Skyrim-ish. out how to walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be the duel. <laughs> we should probably get you on some other games before then. No, I think I just have to be into the game and then I'll care. I see. I see. Well, uh, I really enjoyed the Lego Harry Potter and you were like, this is so stupid. And I wanted to play it all the time. But I still have it downloaded. We can play it whenever. Well, it's not fun if you're not having fun. We can always try again. Uh, I just don't like the Lego games. It's nothing about the Harry Potter part. I just I've never played a Lego game that I love. I'm always like, God, this is my well, favorite. I remember it toy got hard. Ever. It was getting hard. Right. I just remember always uh in all of them, I get to a point where, yeah, I don't know what to do. And then I go, This is a game for children. And I don't know what to do, and I get pissed, and then I'm like, and the whole game just punching shit. You're punching mother blocks. Like it's no- Harry Potter had, I guess, the magic spell stuff, but 
I got the Marvel superhero one. I was trying to give it a good, honest chance, and I would just I got so pissed at that game. Not in my top fifteen. Um, all right, TV shows. Um, I can only think of really three TV shows together we've really been watching. Um, and then I'm you can go ahead and start with the ones you've watched on your own if you would like. Well, on my own, I've been I started uh, Ratchet on Netflix, which is the origin story of Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and. I don't remember. I mean, I guess Nurse Ratchet is kind of evil, but you get her from the perspective of the main character, who is Cuckoo. Right. So, you know, you don't really know what to believe. Is your narrator reliable and all that stuff? So I never really understood why everyone hated Nurse Ratchet, but she is a notoriously, like, hated character. So they have created an origin story for her, and you get to discover why she is so bad. Um and so the opening episode, you discover that she has conned her way into uh, working as a nurse in a mental health hospital. And she um, is very interested in this serial or not really a serial killer, just a giant murder that happened um, where a bunch of priests were killed. And they're going to put that guy in this mental hospital and by the end of the episode, this is just the very first episode, so it's kind of a spoiler. But just for one episode. But just for one episode, um, you realize that it's her brother. And so they have this very twisted backstory as to how they've both become weird and crazy. And so you're just kind of following this story of how she ultimately takes over this hospital. I mean, basically, I think the appeal would be it's 1940s American horror story-esque yeah. uh, a Saint Asylum story. Yes, I mean, like, it's that's, good Halloween vibes, good fall vibes. Um, it definitely reminds I me of say, American Horror Story. I want to say, I mean, she, Sarah Paulson, that's the actress. Yeah. She's been in many seasons of American Horror yeah, Story, Yeah, she's in the freak show one that we really liked. She plays the two-headed And I think the girl. person who made Ratchet is whoever makes American Horror Story. I think. I can see that it has a very similar artistic and then direction. I read yesterday that Netflix has ordered the American Horror Story person, director, guy, whoever that person is, to do a series on Jeffrey Dahmer next. So mm, they're casting that. So I started Ratchet. I don't know how far I am. I think I'm only watching like one episode a day. So I would probably say I'm like five or six episodes in. Um, it's good, but not one that I can watch a lot of. When back Snappy to back. was here the other day, he heard the music and goes, "That music's familiar. I know that music." And I was like, "Okay." And then later, I saw you watching, so I told him, he "Goes, oh yeah, that's my wife's been watching." So. <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny it was that he heard the, it from in here. I'm sure it was the introduction song, musical score. It has an interesting intro. So that's I think um, I've also been just rewatching Gilmore Girls and Schitt's Creek. Uh, those are two shows that I always really like, and Shit's Creek just come out with their last season. I haven't watched it yet. I'm trying to rewatch it all before I get there. Um, I would say if you haven't watched Shit's Creek, it's definitely worth watching. I don't know if it's uh, multiple views worthy like The Office, but it's pretty good. Oh, <laughs> that hurts my feelings a little bit because you know how much I like it. You How's said you that just to spite me. Not to necessarily, I wouldn't say just spite, but yeah, to kind of give you shit. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> I think it's really funny. Yeah, um, it is good. Um, and then 
we really, really enjoyed a show that only had seven episodes, and we thought they were going to put out more, and I looked it up the other day, and they're not. They're holding the next seven, because it's a 14-episode season, but they only put out seven of them, fucking weirdos, and uh, that's Pen15. It's a Hulu show, and it is hilarious. Well, and what's annoying is we're, like, the only people we know that watch it or care or whatever, so, like, I can't reference it to anyone, um... Like, I go around now being like, you rat bastard. <laughs> and everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And it's like, oh, Maya does this funny thing on Pin 15. And people are like, what the fuck are you even talking about? So you can't say all that. Yeah. So I need people to watch Pin 15 so that if on this podcast I was like, you rat bastard, uh, people would get it. Um, and I'm sure there's other cool, fun things that I've just forgot about at the moment. But I really enjoy I think Maya, I mean. Well, for me the other day, I was like, I can't find my light. <laughs> yeah, it was like. <laughs> And that's something else. You just have to watch it. So uh, they ended it on like this perfect cliffhanger, which make which is annoying because you really want to watch the next episode. Um, but I guess the premise of the show, if anyone's unfamiliar, um, it's two adult women, but they're playing uh, seventh grade versions of themselves in the year two thousand. And so that's I was rather in seventh grade in two thousand or ninety dot. I can't you know, I don't want to sit down and do the math, but I'm like right there at that age yeah. group and you're rather two thousand, two thousand one, whatever it is. And so it's just perfect for people um that are in your early thirties, the clothes they wear, the music, it's just all like it's so perfect. And then the girl the women, because they are uh they don't have like necessarily a lot of curves or whatever, like you kind of believe them as seventh graders when it's just them two when it's just them two and they're playing those characters you're like oh i get it they're playing junior high girls but then when you see them around like the other kids oh yeah all the other kids are played by normal seventh graders and it's so fucking awkward but it's also hilarious i wonder what it's like like behind the set like i don't know how because the scenarios that they put some of these kids in is are pretty awkward right um and it's just gotta i mean they have to be very comfortable Working together because I don't know, just well, being that way around kids would right. be hard. And some of them surprise you. Like, there's one kid, I think his name's Sam, and I think he's the best actor out of the kids. And he, he just yeah. sticks out compared to he's, all the other kids. You're like, oh, yeah, he's good. He's just better than all the rest. But on this newest season, uh, there's this one fat kid, which, you know, I'm always going to be drawn to the fat kids because I see myself in them. And, uh, He's playing a part in a place so like normally he comes off as like, oh, he's a shitty actor. He's just a fat kid. I mean, I know this all sounds mean, but he's just this kid sitting here. But whenever he like does his acting in the play and it comes out, I'm like, oh, this kid's awesome, too. Like he's just been playing bad, bad because he's he's so awkward. Right. And so uh, we've we really, really got into it there for like a week. It was like yeah, it was our, our, shit. our only show that we would watch after. Right. When it was a 30 minute show. So those are always helpful if we're busy after work yeah. yeah but it's a good one and so if you watch it let us know so we know who else out there we can right with. i just need to make sure they get a season three and you know they keep it all going because yeah. uh, it's super super i funny. mean broad city is probably our favorite chick comedy yeah, yeah but um this one's it is pretty really close. close yeah like we started rewatching broad city because after we realized there weren't any more of these and uh it's good, but even now I'm like, but fuck, pen 15. But again, it's also... It's just very different. You like a period piece. Yeah. And it is a period piece, but it's just like modern history. And I definitely relate to the Anna character. I do not relate to the Maya character right. at Maya's all. Maya is super funny. So yeah, <laughs> the two characters, Maya's like uh, this 
Asian girl, but she's like so over the top and wants to be like super sexual and be like, I'll be a like she may aspire to be like in a rap video someday, you know, but she's also kind of a nerd. So like it's like this weird double like she has uh, something wanting to come out of her, but she's not like that. And then Anna's like very just normal, like, yeah. but also weird. It's where it's hard to explain. Very like innocent, but. Wants to act like she's cool. Yeah, wants to be mature and wants to seem cool. I That was me. Yeah, yeah. and then her parents are getting divorced, so it's this whole other thing in the show. Uh, it's all it's all good. It's a good show. Highly recommend it. And then uh, the other, I would say these two shows are the two things we've really been into. Lovecraft Country. Mm, it's very good. The last episode we watched was hard for me, personally. I wish I remember which episode. I've heard episode five is the best one. I don't know if what I we just watched. I think we watched was six or seven. Okay. Really? Are we that far? I, I don't we know. Um, so the premise of Lovecraft Country, again, pure good piece that's uh, always going to get you in. And uh, the Lovecraft Country is a book, Love, is what you told Lovecraft me. Lovecraft Country is originally the name of a book that was written, I don't remember when, I guess, in, I think it came out in the 80s. Yeah. And it's based on H.P. Lovecraft, who is a famous American writer, and it's Lovecraft Country is a combination of H.P. Lovecraft's stories all strung together. Right, right. But I think when you say that, it makes you think like, oh, it's supposed to be set in a sci-fi world. And it kind of is. It but is. it's like uh, – Paranormal. These, right. These people are uh, – like it's like black people. It's kind of who you're following in the, what, 1950s? It's 60s. 60s. And – you're, so you're following them, but the events that are happening in their life are things that could have come out of an H.P. Lovecraft book. Yes. That's, I think, the way it's – so, like, they'll be driving down the road, and all of a sudden, a magic shit will happen or whatever, and you're like, holy shit, or they go in a portal. or Like, there's all this magical, fantastical shit happening. We have not read Lovecraft Country, but I need to. Yeah. And it sounds like it'll be bonkers of a book. Probably even yeah. crazier than the show. Um but the show just has all these, uh, again, very American horror story-ish in certain episodes, which surprised me because I didn't expect to get those vibes from it. Um, but it, it has kind of a different vibe every episode, it seems like. Like, it almost a different little genre bin. Like, one was like the Haunted Mansion episode, and then one's like the, oh, they're traveling to the Racist South episode. Like, I don't know. There seems to be, even though it is one connected story, they've seemed to, like, each... Something probably different from a different Lovecraft book happens each episode if I do H.P. Lovecraft's books. Right. I just know of him. I've not really studied H.P. Lovecraft. I've read a couple of short stories here and there, but nothing like an extensive study. Right. So we just we really like the show so far. Um, I think the most recent episode we watched where this potion gets involved and then people can become other people. I thought the special effects, everything was so awesome. Koopy couldn't look at the screen. It was disgusting. It was very bloody. Uh, anyway, but it's also, I think, perfect for this time period because it is, uh, you know, the black main characters in the 1960s during a civil rights movement. And then you even see other aspects of there might be a darker, there's like a darker skinned sister and how she's jealous of her lighter skinned sister of like, you don't work as hard because you get everything handed to you and I have to work harder because I'm dark skinned. Like that whole aspect, that conversation gets brought up, which I don't think you hear. I mean, you've heard it before, you know, it's the whole house slave argument that's gone on forever, but, uh, like they could, they touch on all that stuff, and then real racism stuff kind of happens, you know. Like, uh, not to get too much away, but like this white lady uh, knocks down this black kid, and the cops jump on this black kid, and then is like, it's "Very hard to watch." What he do to you? We'll get in your life. How quickly oh everyone assumes. Like, it's your stomach turns if you're like not a racist person when you watch it, but it's also like I think important to 
see that represented because you're like, yeah, that is how it was. And you just lose sight of that living in the modern world. And the fact that it was, you know, 50 years ago. Right. It's not been that long. Right. Well, I saw uh, something and I know you're a big fan of not a fan of, but you used to teach and care about like Emmett Till. And, um, oh, when I yeah, I, did, I used to when I taught freshmen, we did a big civil rights unit. Yeah, and uh, I saw the thing where it was like Trump was twelve and Biden was eleven or something when, or whatever they whenever M- the Emmett Till situation happened, you're like, holy shit, that's crazy. So they were they were raising a world where like a lot of people would have been like, it was oh, yeah, 19- that was justified. It was 1964 when Emmett Till was killed, and then To Kill a Mockingbird came out. I want to, or 1960. It was in the 60s when Emmett Till was killed. Uh, yeah, my mom was as young, so she was born after that. But I guess most people's parents are probably alive when that happened. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy to think about. Um, and then the last show. Uh, we- it was, I'm sorry, 1955 was when he was killed. 55? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're old as fuck, though. So, yeah. And then I think Mockingbird came out in 65. And it's basically inspired by the death of Emmett Till. Right. Um. And the last thing we watch all the time is Big Brother. So we watch that every week. We forget during the week, but we get caught up on the weekend. Yeah, that's how it's been going. And honestly, it's one of the worst seasons there's ever been. So for whatever reason you were tuning in, I would say, I mean, the Internet is also they're just hating just how I want to take back what I said when we first started watching it, that I was excited to see what Christmas would do. I do not like Christmas. Yeah. I mean, she is uh, I don't want to call someone a racist off a TV show, but she just seems like the the privileged type, if you will, the wouldn't be able to understand. But again, it's hard to know because I think people's personality in Big Brother is probably different than what they are in real life. You know, I'm sure it brings something out of certain people. Uh, but yeah, she has the Karen vibes. If and you I will. still don't like Danny. I agree. I agree. Now, uh, there's a triple eviction episode we haven't yeah, watched. We don't know. So there's three people going to be gone and we can probably watch that maybe sometime today. Uh, and maybe all those, maybe both of them are gone or something. But uh, yeah, it's definitely so far been like just by the numbers that, you know, there's a cool person group and then they just slowly pick off all the people that weren't in their cool person group. I don't and it's really, just so boring. At this point, yeah, I don't even really care who wins because none of them are people that I would want to win. Right. Like uh, the two people that are nominated or one of them I'd be okay with. I guess if David somehow is still around, if he could pull it off as the only also, you know, because he really isn't an all star because he's right. only like that would be a fun little storyline if he beat all the all stars like that would be fun. But he might be again. He might be one of the three people. He Yeah, he made himself in a bad situation <laughs> on the last one we watched. <laughs> right. Uh, and then one thing that happened on Big Brother that I just I've thought about. Um, and again, I, I you have to see race or whatever. Like people have to say they don't see race or whatever, but I don't think I treat people differently. But one of the guys in there who I hate is Kevin. And I'm all going to treat him differently now just because. He had this cool little moment on the show, but he's the most annoying character on Big Brother history because he has this pouty face. But uh, this whole time, we've not known he's black, but like no one has. I mean, maybe some people out there did, but uh, he's talking. He doesn't the, represent. He doesn't present obviously black, right? And so he's talking to the black dude that's left, and he was even saying how this other uh, Dave Vaughn, who was his black girl that was there before, would say there's only three black people in the house and weren't, and he would have been the fourth. But when, no one's known he's black the whole time because he's half black and half Japanese, and uh, he has grown up to me to seem puerto rican is like the vibe like if you just told me guess like guess what he is that would have been my guess or something like he's because he's kind of tannish 
but it, I don't know. I just, and you don't see uh, many black Japanese people, at least I haven't in my life, or were on TV represented. So he is probably one of the first. And then he brought up, and I've just thought about like, that is super interesting how like, because earlier in the show, I remember that conversation really well of Davon being like, well, she was talking specifically to Kevin. Yeah, it was just them two in a room. And then she was like, people don't get how it is to be black for me and the other two black people and then excluding him. And he even at that moment could have been like, I'm black, but he didn't. Well, he said he knows that because he doesn't present obviously black that he has received privilege. And so he can't necessarily. He said that when oh, he was he? talking to David. He said, I know that my skin has given me opportunities that black people just haven't right. had. But he said it's very isolating and that he doesn't really feel like he belongs or is represented in either group. And so he feels very much just this loss of identity, which is sad. Yeah. And then also the fact that he's gay probably is isolating in some Because I don't think either culture is too supportive of gay people. The I mean, Japanese. who knows in his household. Right, but, right. Um, I think, you know, he did say – I think he was looking – he won. I think he wanted David to say that. Yeah, I see you as black, but ultimately David just was like, you know, you are who you are, and you just have to be proud of who you are and not worry about it. Right. So I don't think he got any closure from that conversation, but it's still good to have those conversations. Right. I think. Right. I think those little moments, as dumb as reality TV show can be, I think could they serve some good? Right. Like you can watch, and be like, oh, I never thought of that perspective. Like, oh, interesting. Um. All right, I don't really have – I think that's all we really watch Yeah, these days. I've just been really busy with work, and you've been making music, so not a lot read, not a lot watched. I have a lot of – I have a list of stuff we need to watch. Yeah, there's quite a few things. Uh, I don't have that many, but I know we need to start Fargo, which you're not in that into because your beloved NPR said it was bad. No, no. <laughs> I am just wanted to finish Lovecraft Country before we started something so intense. I see. Um, Two and and I got Ratchet, so I got some intense shows going on. This is true. I mean, it's I've been thinking lately how like uh, new comedies are just so rare. People yeah. just don't make comedies like they. They, I guess that's not what people tune in to watch. People I think tune they're in just to watch. so easily offended too. Like that's true. Comedies. I mean, they can be funny in 2020, well, but in 2025, I it's love offensive. how the number one comedy probably watched right now on streaming services is The Office. Like I got of all of them. Yeah, and yet. Almost every week I'll see something of like, if this joke would have been put out in 2020, the show would have been canceled. And I'm like, it's the most popular show still. Like, you're saying it would be canceled, but more people go and watch those old episodes. But part of it is because of the, they're the same people who have been watching them forever. Like, right. if the show was airing for the first time today, it might not have as much of a fan base. Maybe. I think, right. I think you have to go more Parks and Rec style, the little softer because Parks and Rec, it wasn't as edgy. Yeah. You know, but it was still in that same. Um, Leslie's too wholesome. Right. <laughs> Office <laughs> is so good, though. Um, can't. I guess got to keep watching. Anyway, so got to watch Fargo. And then. I want to watch Dracula. That's a Netflix show. Oh, right, that looks good. That. Um, there's a couple of movies, too, on Netflix that I want to watch. Uh, the Boys on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's the same with Fargo. It comes out episodes every week. So we were going to let some of those build up before we watch the boys. So eventually we got to watch that. But a lot of people are loving that. Like it's very popular right now in the United States uh, for people that watch Amazon Prime, um, which I highly recommend people. If you don't, if you have Amazon Prime, you don't watch, take advantage of the videos. You're missing out. There's some sure. cool stuff. And, uh, 
I had TV shows. I've been wanting to watch The Joker for weeks. So last time you were on here, we talked about podcasts. Maybe two times ago you were on here, and I mentioned this podcast called The Connect, where they talk about two movies that have similarities, but they don't really, and it's just a podcast about shit. And one episode is about The Joker and Anchorman. And I love Anchorman. So I was like, well, I got to watch The Joker so I can listen to this podcast. And um, it's been on my HBO Max watch list for two weeks now or three weeks. So we have not at all. But someday. It's I'll only just... you holding us back. You're the one who hates movies. I do. Um, and then two other movies I want to watch, but they're not uh, like stories. But Console Wars. I mean, it's a story, but it's a documentary. And it's on CBS All Access. It's based on a book that I've been wanting to read for years. Uh but I probably never will, so why not just watch the TV movie version of it? And it's about the Nintendo, Sega, you know, the original console wars of the 90s. And uh, then the movie Social Dilemma on Netflix, I hear, is very beneficial to watch. To, yeah, we might not be on social media, though, after that. To curb up some of your bad social media habits. I've heard this. I think a lot thing. of it's just turning off notifications, putting yourself on a schedule of these are the times you'll do it, stuff like that. I think you can lock yourself out of your phone for certain hours of the day. You can set it like like if you know you have to work or something. Right. I mean, I do need to turn my Twitter notifications off. I have my notifications turned off for Facebook and uh, Instagram, and I and I have a lot less stress about them. Like, I don't even think about them, right? Until I click them, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I got like, all these notifications, and then I go through them. But I don't get the message about it, whereas in Twitter, um, I get, like, notifications when people tweet somehow and then it's like ah, oh, it's too much so i need to turn those off for me i'm pretty good about keeping my phone away while i'm working but it's like the second i have free time and i sit down to like read a book or something i end up getting distracted by my phone so i can i have some self self-discipline when it comes to like having to be responsible with my job right but with my free time i don't have very much self-discipline yeah yeah no i agree with that your phone is nowhere near you when you're working but yes whenever you are at home you were the I, I never would have guessed, and I guess I'd do it too because I never thought I wouldn't. I do. They like I'll look over and it's like, hey, how long have you been looking at Facebook videos? And you're like, forty five minutes. I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> but they're usually cute things like dogs, <laughs> right? But and there was cookies. a time when both of us would have been like, <laughs> I'm not going to waste my time looking at little bitty videos on a screen, you know, or whatever. But now it's like almost every day. Well, it's part of it is is I'm just so tired, and it doesn't cause any mental strain like i i mean it's nothing to just sit and scroll right whereas sometimes you know reading it requires effort i mean if you're going to be really engaged in this story right i mean i think a thing i enjoy about video games but also hate it times is it's like the only medium you purchase pay for to challenge yourself like you want to get through the story well it's going to be fucking hard and it's going to piss you off because this thing's going to kill you before you can even see the end of the story but you're like okay i guess that's how i'm going to choose to consume like it's just different uh so it's like a lot of work to do video games like sometimes like mentally to get there to be like uh but it's also addictive in a way that other right. mediums aren't. Yes, agreed. They get you and they've figured out the little casino slot machine loop to get you to keep going where books don't have that. You got to want to keep going. Yeah, well, the authors have to construct interesting places to stop their chapters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it happens in all the mediums, I guess, TV shows and all. Um, that's why I got so pissy and it goes to Shima last night. Like, you know, you went to bed. You're like, I'm going to bed. I was like, ah, oh, should we be done? There's yeah, this it was huge, like a whole 30 minutes. <laughs> there's this huge last battle. And then, you know, it's like this big epic thing. And to me, that's when you should roll credits on the game. The game be like, all right, now the game's over. But instead it was like, and now back at home. All right. And now go seat your uncle. 
<laughs> and then your uncle now wants to duel you because of this other stuff that happened. And then so I had to do this whole duel for fucking ever. And then after that, then it was like, now the game's over. And I'm like, I mean, I just think they should have swapped places or something. Like, I just think the big thing should come at the end. That's how video games, that's how boss battles should work. You know, like, that's the big thing. Um, but Red Dead Redemption did that as well. Mentioned that game earlier. Being Like, it had a whole epilogue of like, here's eight more hours after the game's over for you to do farm work. And then everyone hated it. And then everyone still gave it a fucking 10. And I was like, how was it a 10 when you hated eight hours of the last? Anyway. Uh, so I'm down making a video game podcast. Eventually, well, I'm just going to. I don't know who you're going to get to host with you because it shouldn't be It's just going to be me ranting into a microphone You're going to get myself. locked out of your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I think trying to have anything else. All right. I didn't. All right. Well, thanks for being on. I'm sure we took up some time. I haven't even looked over. Yeah. I don't know. This seemed like a long one. Hope you all enjoyed our ramblings. Yeah, we try real hard. All right, <laughs> thanks. Peace. Bye.
Mix.